Welcome back to the Electrify podcast, brought to you by the creators of Electrify Expo, North America's largest EV festival coming to a major city near you. Welcome back to the Electrify Expo podcast, brought to you by the creators of the Electrify Expo. Hi, welcome back to the Electrify Expo podcast. I am your host, Joe Boris, here as ever with our producer, Chris Tomorrow. Matt Teske is, uh, you know, obviously he's in D.C. again, right? He's doing the Always whole lobbying. Always forever. Always he's, and forever. You know, he is actually really driving forward the EV e-mobility revolution in ways that uh, I, I think uh, it's hard for you and me to imagine. So let's talk about a couple of crazy things that are happening these days. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about is, uh, you know, General Motors is having a big recall. I don't know if you've seen this. So GM is recalling every Chevy Bolt ever. they've ever made. Ever. All of them. That's a lot of Chevy Bolts. It is a lot of Chevy Bolts. And I, I have mixed feelings about this because, like, on the one hand, I, I feel like it it could be a black eye to the EV industry. It could be something that's seen as like a, a setback. But I think on the other hand, when you have a company that steps up and says, hey, we, we've got a fix for this and we're going to replace all of them and we're not going to leave a single one of these uh, you know, previous version units out in the field. I think that says a lot. I mean, it could have been like that Takata thing where they ended up fighting it in court for yep. 10 or 12 years and got forced to do the recall. I mean, I feel like GM kind of coming up and saying, hey, we'll replace all of these. Number one, I think is, is good, you know, a good show, a good show of faith for GM. But I think number two, it might be a really good time to buy a used Chevy Bolt. Yeah. Well, and you know, not for nothing, this is, uh, this is similar to what happened. Remember with the Chevy Bolt, they recalled those over battery concerns and they did the same thing they were just like nope we're taking them all back right taking them all back yeah taking them all back and i think you know it could be could it look bad for EV? sure but i actually think this ends up looking good because it's it's like okay we're just going to do the right thing we're We're not going to argue about it well and i think the fact that there is a fix right like nobody's just wringing their hands and saying yes just what that's just what evs do there's no fix for that so i i think that's a solid move there um and let's let's be clear what the recall is over. Um, five cars that were parked out of one hundred forty-two thousand caught five. Yeah, okay? it's not a big <laughs> it's not a big deal. Right? It's not like every ball. It's not like these things are just bursting the flames driving down the road. No, literally five out of a hundred. Like it is uh, statistically it, like not a big deal, but. Again, this comes down to, and they're replacing the batteries. Like this is a, this is costly. They're replacing it. it it's cost, is, well, it's costing LG a bunch of money. Let's let's be clear. Well, yes, yes. Who yes, it's I'm costing sure. money? Yeah, that's GM is definitely getting money back because LG made the batteries, right? Yeah, they're definitely going to go after LG. But uh, again, it's I think you know what could be a disastrous thing is actually just like they're handling it well, and you know again the issue at the end of the day is like. EVs are still new. We're still going to be working this out. And I think GM handled it pretty well. I think they handled it really well. And, you know, it's nice to see, uh, I, you know, another company that shall not be named for various political reasons. You know, there are a lot of companies out there that uh, let's say we're less than honest about how they handled their uh, diesel emissions. (laughs) Yeah. And then they hid that, they hid that for years. And like, there's obviously the one big name that everybody knows, but there were actually several, Oh, a lot companies. of companies it was like, were involved. There, there were more companies who were cheating on the emissions than were not cheating on the emissions. So I, I just just leave that alone. It's good to see that these things are still not 
causing emissions and it's good to see that uh, exactly you know, some of these companies have learned from the mistakes of others and they decided it, it, to and themselves let's be clear gm has not always been the perfect angel but again i think yeah, at the end you know true. just to wrap that part up i think you know hey it's a recall never good but they're doing it the right way they're doing it the right way uh the next thing i wanted to bring up this week uh this is you know from uh, across town you know it's so funny whenever gm has a bad week ford seems to have a good week right so Ford's been having Ford, a lot of good weeks too. They've been having a lot <laughs> of good weeks. And uh, you know, Ford is doubling the production doubling. for its first year of F-150 Lightning, just because the, the demand is so much stronger than the, than they thought who, it would be. So who could have seen this? You know, again, who could we have all seen? America loves its trucks, kind of been tepid on the whole EV thing, but um, not anymore. This could really the F-150 Lightning could be the EV that cracks open everything well it already is it already is yeah. right because now like, you're having a conversation with guys in tulsa yep. guys in nebraska and they're talking mm-hmm. about what about this electric one you know and it's a conversation that they just weren't going to have before they were not going to buy teslas tesla's great and tesla brought evs to you know a lot of people yeah. but at the end of the day america loves trucks and suvs america sell, loves trucks and suvs ford sells more you know f-150s than tesla sells cars you know Oh, Ford sells more F-150s than most car companies sell anything else. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it's a huge thing. But it's it's interesting that you brought that up in terms of, you know, the EVs going mainstream because, uh, you know, the, the Mustang Mach-E, which is the electric Mustang, that has outsold the gas-powered Mustang, the V8 Mustang. Yeah. So, I mean, I, it, it seems to be that people are uh, people are getting the hint. This is the future. This is the way to go. And uh, yep. they're finding solutions and they're finding vehicles that work for God, them. It's right? so exciting. I just, you know, real quick, it's so exciting. Like, like again, you and I have been covering this for over a decade now, and it's finally really happening. Like EVs are going main mainstream. Like yeah, it's crazy. They're, going, it's they're crazy. not going mainstream Nissan Leaf. They're going mainstream F-150. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think it's nice is that, you know, EVs, the technology has come to the point where we're meeting people where they're at. We're not trying to convince them to give up their F-150 to drive the new hyper-efficient planet right. space egg that nobody wants. This is like, hey, you can have your cake and uh, you can't maybe have your cake and eat it too, but you can like, you can lick it. This is how the market works. The technology. This is how the better. market works. Exactly. This is how the market works. Yeah. This is how it's supposed to work. And it worked. It blows right. my mind. When, when the ID, when the, the people who talk about like, this is the way the free market works and the way that it drives innovation, you get a better product for less money. Cause when, when they announced this thing, you and I both thought it was going to be 70, 80 G's and it's half. Yeah, half it's half. half. I could, I, it blows. And again, Ford is a company that can afford to make that. And even if they're not making a penny on it, they could sell these, but I think they are making money. I think think they're making making money. money. They're making, and and they've also seen the math. They understand that they're going to retain these EV customers in a way that even though the F-150 customer is loyal, they're not necessarily loyal in terms of bringing the car back to the dealer for service and maintenance. And these EV buyers, they don't trust pet boys to handle that check engine light. They bring it into the, uh, you know, they bring that check battery yep. light into the dealership. So check um, battery light. Yep. I don't know. It's not a check engine light, right? <laughs> not, not anymore, right? <laughs> but, you know, just last thing real quick on this. Again, just just a little nostalgia. Ten years ago, we were dealing with the Mitsubishi IMEV, which oh, is like yeah. go-kart that, you know, was shameful to go-karts, right? And now we have an F-150 Lightning EV. And just, again, just it, it, it tickles my heart. Yeah, it's faster, 
and cheaper than the F-150 Lightning from 15 years ago. And now speaking, speaking of Ford, you know, just to segue here into the next topic, uh, there are leaks showing that they will reveal an electric freight motor at SEMA. They would. Yeah. So get out of here. Yeah. So oh for those of you guys God. listening to this, you, you may not be aware if you're like a normal person and not a giant car nerd. Uh, Ford GM, we are. Ford GM, these different companies, they will sell uh, to people who are building up race cars, they will sell performance engines. Now, last year at SEMA, actually the year before, before COVID hit, uh, Chevrolet showed off a electric crate motor that would drop into like your old hot rod, just like putting a new V8 in your old car. You could put a new electric motor and batteries and everything into your old Chevy or your old uh, Bronco. In that case, I think it was a Silverado that they showed. Uh, and Ford is now following suit. looks like this will be something that you'll be able to drop into an old Mustang or an old Torino and make that thing oh, uh, oh, really, stop. really move. Oh my God. Oh, it's so good. I again dreamed of this day. I have dreamed yeah. of this day. I was writing about, I always thought one of the things I wanted to do, you know, back when Tesla was really in the game in town, I was thinking, hey, I even looked it up. The old, old Buick Rivieras, uh, I think it was the 63, 64 ones, those classic Buick Rivieras, has the same wheelbase as a Tesla Model S. And I had this grand plan of <laughs> dropping a Buick Riviera body onto, you know, a Tesla skateboard, if you will. And now you don't even need that. You have an electric crate motor that just go right under the hood. It'll go cla- right in. Oh, 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 yeah, oh, you, don't have to, you don't have to plan it out that far. I, I think it's nice. You know, it's another, uh, another company that I was uh, working with recently. I talked to these guys at AEM. I don't know if you're familiar with them. They're going to yes. be... Yeah. So they, those guys, they make, you know, uh, they're famous for making aftermarket computers and electronics for guys who want to make their cars go faster and, and restore old hot rods and things like that. Uh, they are also offering some control units and kits that are going to be making it easier to drop uh, Tesla powertrains and Tesla batteries into classic cars as well. So if you don't have a Ford, you don't have a GM, you want to build yourself up a, uh, you know, 800 pound foot of torque, 1980 Honda Accord monster with Tesla motors, these guys will help you do it. And I think they're also, I think they're also sponsors of the show, aren't they? So that's a nice little shout out to those guys. I think they are. (laughs) One of us should know this. (laughs) One of us should know this, but no, that's, um, again, I just really, and again, this is just showing how the electric vehicle movement is just permeating you it's know, every facet of the auto industry. It's not the auto just, exactly again, right. it's not just, you know, nerdy egg cars. Now, like you're making crate motors for performance professionals. Right, exactly right. Exactly. Right. All right. So I think that that's enough for a, uh, a quick weekly update show, right? You want to, uh... well, there was one more on here actually that I really wanted to uh, touch on. There was um, the Hyundai Ionic EV has dethroned the Teslas. I see this car tested by the NHTSA. And you know, that is a good one. I I don't want to skip over that one because that's actually, again, you know, Tesla made a huge deal about this. They got more, no, we got more stars you you could get, blah, 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 blah. And Hyundai just comes up there and just smacks them gently. Yeah. And (laughs) it's just like a nice little, a nice little pat on that one. Right. And that one was weird. Honestly, I haven't seen too much about that. That was on EV News Daily well, we, uh, yeah. a couple of days ago, and it just seemed like I, that. Like you would think that would have been much bigger news, at least because Hyundai doesn't need to constantly toot its own horn like that. Whereas Tesla, you know, again, Tesla kind of 
Tesla is very hyperbole, like a lot of hyperbole comes from Tesla, right? Yeah. And again, people people took them to task for saying like, oh, it's the safest car ever, blah, blah, blah. But you know what I mean? They kind of got taken to task for it. On one hand, it's a nice feather in their cab. On the other hand, they made such a big deal out of it that it almost became a negative in the way they handled it. Not quite, but it's just like, oh, you guys, like really like chill, okay? But I think the bigger point here is that electric vehicles aren't just better for the environment. They're better for your safety. They are. They are. You know, and we talked early on in in this whole thing when Volvo was doing that, uh, they called it the Spock block and some of the crash safety uh, things that they were doing, the technology they brought out. But I think, you know, one thing that you said, and this is not in any way to take away from Elon Musk. I think he's a brilliant guy. I think he's a great marketer. He's a terrific showman. But at the end of the day, you know, Tesla sells hype so that they can sell shares to their investors and Hyundai sells cars and they're focused on selling the cars. And I think you're going to see, you're going to start to see that, um, you know, get crowed about in when it's appropriate. And I think they're going to do it right. So I, there's, you know, I was leading into something else when I was trying to bail on the show. Oh, okay, wanted, okay, okay. I was leading, so I was going to say, I think we've got a show, we covered the news, but I do want to talk about an experience that I had uh, earlier this week. I actually got to go to Radio Flyer headquarters, which is- The in, Radio uh, Flyer. Yeah, which is on the west side of Chicago. It's right, you know, right in my neighborhood. Um, and it's cool, man. I mean, it's like the original factory from the 1940s and 50s where they stamped out the, you know, the, the metal things. Yeah. And as you may not, you may know, you may not know, uh, radio flyer makes the little Tesla kid car. Yes. And it actually uses Tesla power cells. I did not know that. I didn't know that either. I thought it was like the same little crappy 9.6 that anything else had. No, but they, they're using like, uh, I don't think it's exactly the same as the super state of the art thing, but you know, it charges significantly faster and it's fun to play with. And, you know, you got Wally in there and he's riding around him. That's my five-year-old. And he seems to, uh, he seemed to think it was pretty cool. And uh, I got to ride their e-bikes, which are not out yet. Those are coming out in October. So I got to ride two of the uh, pre-production e-bikes that they put out and they're calling them the flyer. And dude, this thing weighs 72 pounds. And as soon as they told me that I, I was shocked because when you're riding it, you don't feel the weight. And it's not like the Mercedes. It's not like the Ducati where the pedal assist comes on and you're like on a rocket ship where it starts just hauling rear. This was like really subtly done. And it, you know, again, I'm a cynic. I thought this was going to be some wish.com Alibaba Chinese bike that they put radio flyer stickers on. And it is not that dude. It is a really, really solid bike. I think they're looking to sell it for like 1800 to 2000 bucks. It's going to sell. They're going to sell a ton of these. Yeah, I would. I mean, that's pretty, you could definitely see people just buying the hell out of these, right? Well, you have to, right? Cause like, how could you, how could you not just be have warm, fuzzy feelings thinking about Radio Flyer? And I mean, then, yeah, really. If you didn't have yeah. one, you wish you had one. If you didn't have one, you wish you had one. Now, so the most important part of all this, because ultimately everything is about me because I'm a narcissist. Of course. Uh, if, of course. Why would you have a podcast if you weren't a narcissist? Yeah, the only thing I would uh, you know disagree with you there is everything's about me. But go on. <laughs> well, it's definitely about us. Absolutely. I had, when I was a little, little kid, I had a radio flyer, but it was yellow and nobody believed me. I've talked about this. I've had memories. I've even doubted my own. This sounds like one of those Mandela effect things. Yeah. Yeah. But I had a yellow radio flyer and I was there and they had a little museum of like, they had one of every radio flyer they've ever made. And 
there it was. The yellow one was there. The, the 1981 or 82 yellow radio flyer. Is wow. There. I, I, dude, I was like, can you imagine being in the board meeting for that though? Yellow. No one will ever buy it. That's where, uh, that's where Coke got the idea to do Coca-Cola classic and new Coke. Oh my They're God. like, you change it yellow. Nobody wants it. Change it back to red. Everybody's going to buy it. You watch. Definitely a hundred percent. Yeah. But I, dude, I seeing that yellow in there. That's really what I wanted to talk about was the yellow radio flyer. So that's that really, that was the whole thing. Got it. Got it. Got it. That was the point. Well, of That's why now I, I to think record today. Now I think we've got a show. <laughs> now we've got a show. We've got, right, now but, we've got a show. So listen, we are two or three. We're like three weeks out from the actual first live event. We're almost there. We'll tune in again next week where we'll talk about some other crazy thing. Uh, probably Rivian, since they seem to think they're worth $80 billion. And I'm going to have a lot to say about that. Oh, who doesn't? <laughs> Bye. The Electrify Expo is coming to California in 2021. Forecasted to be the largest e-mobility festival in the USA. Learn how you can attend or get involved by visiting electrifyexpo.com. Be sure to find out more information about Electrify Expo on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn to get information on all things e-mobility. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Electrify Podcast, brought to you by the creators of Electrify Expo. Be sure to catch full video episodes on YouTube at Electrify TV and follow along on social media for daily clips and more.